Garage Logic Podcast number 76, January 11, 2019. It was 52 degrees on this day in downtown Garage Logic in 2012 and 30 below in 1886 when people huddled around the old uh, campfire. They didn't have Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores to go to. We're brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Well, as you all know, Jamie Kloss has been found alive. She uh, flagged down a woman out walking her dog uh, in Barron, Wisconsin, which even even that I find to be an amazing uh, situation because the area in which she, uh, in which the woman was walking her dog, is incredibly remote. Joining us later in the show is Bud Grant, the Vikings coach. He's had a place in Gordon, Wisconsin, for probably fifty years, if not longer. He knows mm. the area well. Told me on the phone uh, that the house where Jamie Kloss was apparently held captive is about three miles. From his place. Wow. And I just want Bud to maybe uh, give us the lay of the land there. Uh, we're also going to be joined right at uh, momentarily by uh, Barron County Sheriff Chris Fitzgerald. Did you all see the press conference today? Uh, yes. I, I have always said that we need, what, 48 to 72 hours after a major story to let, uh, to let uh, the facts get sorted out and settled? Yes. I, we're going to need a month on this. And, and only now can that begin. Only now can that begin with her with her being discovered alive. Who made the 911 call? Who was this kid, Jake Patterson? Why did he target this family? Apparently at random? Uh, I, I think the mystery is now only, can now only begin to be solved. Uh, do we have, Chris? Uh, we do have the sheriff. Congratulations, sheriff, if that's the right word. Yeah, that is what we're going on today. <laughs> uh, sheriff, I've often said that this is Sheriff Chris Fitzgerald, Barron County, uh, We've uh, talked with you before. You're very gracious to give us some time today. I've often said that after a major story breaks, you need about 48 to 72 hours to let all the facts get sorted out and settle. We might need a month on this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and we'll hopefully after this afternoon, we'll figure this out. Our teams are actively serving search warrants, conducting interviews at this moment. We have, um, I was told, over 50 to 75 DCI and FBI agents on the ground up in the Gordon Superior area conducting interviews. Um, so this is a very active and fluid case still. It, we had two goals, and that was one, to bring Jamie home, which we did, and two, to con get a conviction on this case, and now we're on number two. Is it accurate to say that it's only now that this mystery can be solved? She can fill in a lot of the missing blanks. That is exactly what we're hoping, um, that she fills it in. And, and she's been medically cleared. She is currently talking with us. I think those are two very good signs um, from a sheriff's standpoint to the general public to say, hey, those are great signs. She's medically cleared and she's talking uh, and to our investigators currently. Have you been able to chat with her yet? I have not. I'm waiting for that reunification this afternoon. I don't know how I'll do, but uh, it'll be very powerful. Uh, what What is it that we hope to learn at your 4 o'clock press conference today? We hope to be able to confirm some of the details on if the suspect knew the family, how this came about, kind of a, a motive, if you want to say, behind this. And like, I don't think we'll be able to give a lot of details, but 
that's what we're kind of looking for. I know people want to know how did this happen, and I think I want to try to give the public that information uh, about that. Do you know if the vehicle she described and subsequently was flagged down by the sheriffs in Douglas County, did that match any of those vehicles that were uh, captured the night of the uh, murders? Uh, we're con- trying to confirm that. There was at least four vehicles in the yard is all I was told. Do you believe that this Jake Patterson acted completely alone? At this time, with the information I have, I do. And and do you believe he was the only one who kicked in the door uh, at the uh, Kloss home on the night of October 15th? Um, and it wasn't, yeah, that information hasn't been released and how the door goes open. Okay. And, yes, I believe he is the one that did that. And has it ever been established, Chris, who made the 911 call? The initial, no, the, the initial. I'm looking, uh, yeah. That's the question I'm, con- I'm uh, interested in, too. I don't think we'll have that today, but... We, that's a question I'd like to, that personally I want to know too. Who does Jamie have left his family? Some aunts and, and she, uncles? She has, uh, as a blessing, she has lots of families. Um, her, obviously her family has been very uh, instrumental in keeping your hope alive, and, and uh, she has a lot of family here. Uh, what was the, added, what was the, uh, what was the uh, feeling like in uh, behind closed doors yesterday about 5 p.m.? Lots of smiles and lots of hugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you always believed she was alive. We talked to you at least twice previously. You always right. held that belief. Uh, it, you're now justified in that, but why do you think you held that belief? Well, it's it's a 13-year-old girl. Uh, I've been the sheriff for 10 years, and I, my job is to protect this community, and uh, you never give up hope. And when you go to an elementary school and they're singing songs and lighting a tree and sending lanterns up in the sky and and have that hope alive. Uh, there's no better hope than the hope of kids, and uh, why not? I mean, we just need to keep that hope alive for any kid out there that's missing. Chris, do you know yet, or will it be told at 4 o'clock, do we know yet how she escaped? Uh, no, she just escaped on her own. That's all I know. And he apparently, what, either was unaware of that or chose not to give chase? Do you have any idea how that happened? I do not have that answer. All right. Uh, uh, and uh, the uh, Douglas County people made the arrest on Patterson. That is correct. And is that where he's being held in, in uh, Douglas County? No, we transferred him to Barron County last night. Oh, okay. So, so he's, in, he's in the jail here in Barron. And has he talked? Has he saying anything? Uh, he's currently being interviewed. All right. Uh, and he's probably lawyered up, too, I would imagine. Yeah, and that's the answer I'm waiting for a briefing on. <laughs> right. Well, Chris, uh, it's got I, I, Joe, I've got one question for yes. the sheriff, and it, it has to do with the family members. Uh, the, have services been held for, for her mother and father? Yes, they were held. Yeah, They were held. Do you know if there's any plans for um, maybe some type of memorial service along with their whole family? I'm sure it would be very private, but uh, I think that might give her some closure. Yeah, I, I assume they'll work with um, the experts in those fields about this. Um, you know, things like the Elizabeth Smart Foundation have reached out to us. And the family, so I think things like that we'll let the experts talk about. I think it's okay for you to have a nice good cry when you give her a big hug when you see her. <laughs> I agree. Either that or a giant cocktail. Right. <laughs> Chris all Fitzgerald, right. thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for all the help. Thank you. you right. Bye. What a story. There's the happiest sheriff in, uh, in the country. But it's a story about which we are yet to know anything. Mm-hmm. Anything. Anything. Well, beginning, I, beginning with an unintelligible nine one one call made from the telephone owned by uh, Jamie's mother, in which only unintelligible sounds and the sounds of a disturbance were heard. No voices exchanged. 
We don't know uh, anything about Jake Patterson. He graduated from Minong, 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 Minong High School. Mm-hmm. He and his brother. They've lived in Bear, uh, lived in uh, 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 Gordon for about ten years. Uh, has no criminal record. There's you mean so to tell me? You mean to tell me that he was driving around aimlessly in the wee hours of October fifteenth and just decided. I think I'm going to go up to that house right there and, and get in. I, I, I was a little presumptuous. I said the door was kicked in. The sheriff corrected me. I don't know how the, how the perpetrator got in. I don't know mm-hmm. that. You mean to tell me that's what happened? I, I know strange things happen, but that's, that's a bit beyond the pale, isn't it? What was— that's, You know what that's the definition of, if that's how it happened? That's really the definition of bad luck. Yes, it is. The initial um, report, wasn't there multiple vehicles? Yeah, they had interest in two, one of which they believed to be an orange or red charger. And I I called Chris and didn't get through. I guess I had my version of a tip. Uh, I never did relay it to him. It's too late now. If, in fact, a red charger or challenger, a new one uh, or new, new-ish, mm-hmm. was, was, in fact, involved, I guess what I was going to suggest to him, I don't know if this would have been helpful, but in many cases— those are bought by people who would have stored them in the winter. And so I was going to say, you know, why don't you check out the people that's uh, rent out barn space or whatever for storage for uh, cars in the in Well, the not, being not a, a bad tip. But not being a car guy, do you store a vehicle for winter that early, middle of October? Some do. Just don't leave uh, a chance. Boy, mine were by mid-October, I guess. No, mine were uh, October 30th. Well, Reavers, you raise a great point. Thank you. But but it 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 still could have been in use, but then put in storage, say November tenth mm. or something. Anyway, it's neither here nor there. Right. It was just a thought I had uh, that that car uh, would have such a presence, especially in rural America. Uh, it would it would have stood out. But and, to have all these agencies looking for this woman with all of the notifications, I mean, her face was everywhere on every news outlet, locally and nationally, and for her to be that close to home. This and the uh, and this Patterson fellow uh, apparently was able to hide her if he ever had visitors. So his friends, if he had any, didn't know about this. I I I, I think we have yet we've only gotten the tip of the iceberg, and only now, uh, because of her presence back among the living, mm-hmm. can this be ferreted out. Can this be solved? This is uh, I, I think we're going to learn uh, surprising things. I think. Well, and of course, we want answers all right away. And at the 10 o'clock press conference, the sheriff was at a disadvantage because the media members were asking smart questions, but nothing's been why, confirmed why, what, yet. What do you mean they were asking smart questions? But, I, but why, just, why did that have him at a disadvantage? But be, what I'm saying not, is— he, He's he, not ready to talk yet. He didn't have any— He doesn't, doesn't have, have any stuff. Correct. Yeah. And so it's stuff. the waiting game when they're still conducting the interviews and so forth. But uh, at, you're right. Two goals. One, bring her home. Two— uh, charge whoever the perpetrator was. We're having Bud Grant on uh, in about 20 minutes. And the, when I when I read that she was found in Gordon, Wisconsin, a bell went off in the back of my head. I remember that Bud has a place in Gordon, Wisconsin. Mm. And I verified that with Patrick. And Patrick shot me Bud's number, and I called Bud, and he said he'd come on. Because one of the things I want to know is, uh, Bud said that was about three miles from his place. Okay. And... It's so rural that what I find amazing is you talk about good luck. 
that she was able to actually find someone in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. out walking mm-hmm. her dog. That's true. Without that, God knows what, she might still be running through swamps or something. I, I have no idea. I just think there's so much we don't know. Uh, but the, if you saw the relief on Chris Fitzgerald's face today, it was extraordinary. Yeah, he was all smiles. Mm-hmm. He was all smiles. And uh, and you're right, there were a lot of agencies that were involved and, and true. None of whom found her. No, that's true. But they were at they were at the ready. But oh, I know, I know. It's uh, it's once again we learn the true nature because I don't like the term. We've we've talked about this on the show before. Not that I don't like the people. It's the term I don't like. I don't like the term first responders. They're never the first responders. The first responder in this story was a woman out walking her dog. True. Who took Jamie to the nearest house, knocked on the door, and said, "I've got Jamie Claus call nine one one." That was your first responder. I'm not diminishing no, law enforcement in any way, but invariably in this country, when there's any major story whatsoever, first responders are your neighbors. Right, or it's the first. The it's the guy across Samaritan. the street. The it's the Samaritan. guy who stops first. That's the first responder. Well, it was a, it was an amazing thing. Oh, the other strange thing is is Beth McDonough going to join us later? Perhaps she is. I, she has not emailed me back a time yet, but uh, it will be before one thirty, obviously. Well, well, how strange was it that an hour before this young gal was found alive yesterday, there was a false report of this on Facebook? Are you oh, aware of this? Yes. Mm-hmm. What What was that? You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. Joining us is our old pal, Bud Grant. Bud, how long have you been going up to your place in Gordon? Well, when I got out of the service uh, after the war, I was in the Navy, and I bought some property up there in, in 1945, and I've been going up there ever since. Uh this is where Jamie Kloss, of course, was found, and you, you seem to indicate that that's about, what, three and a half miles from your place? Well, the the cabin or the location they're talking about is about three and a half miles from my place up at Gordon, Wisconsin. That's correct. And I, I don't know the names that they've thrown out. I know the one family name, Kazinkas. I know the family name, but I don't know the people particularly. And the the uh, suspect is named Jake Patterson. Yep, don't know him at all. Jay, uh, uh, Bud, give us the lay of the land. Not, uh, the reason uh, I will have a follow-up question once you do that, because I have a follow-up to that. Give us the lay of the land there. Well, <clears throat> it's uh, it, generally, geographically, it's the headwaters of the Brule River runs north. St. Croix River begins there and runs south. The Namakaugan River runs from Hayward over to Spooner and runs uh, east and west. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Eau Claire River runs from uh, Eau Claire Lakes right through Gordon, and uh, we're right on next to that river where this uh, homestead or home or whatever it was uh, is located uh, in, a, in, a, in a development uh, of cabins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been down the roads. I know, you know, my way around there, but there's nothing there. I mean, it's uh, most of it is paper company property. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't, 
if you didn't fish or hunt or pick blueberries, there's no reason to be there. Well, that's why I ask, how lucky was this young gal that she found a woman out walking a dog in the middle of nowhere? Well, we won't know that until they come up with, a, you know, some answers. Right. You know, I found in my short lifetime that things that don't make sense, usually are, drugs are involved. Mm-hmm. And that's that's without any knowledge. That's just a prediction that drugs have to be involved in this if it doesn't make any sense, and it doesn't make any sense at this point. And as tragic or as uh, joyous as we are, we're founding this young lady. The tragedy is that her parents were both shot. Right. Right. That's the terrible part of it. Well, I think I think it's a mystery about which we know nothing yet. <laughs> that's exactly right. And it'll be a couple of days before we do, but it's taken on a life of its own. You're my 20 or 30th phone call today. Really? Well, everybody knows I got a place up at Gordon. Right. You know, that's been, I mean, my friends, I don't mean strangers, but my friends, they all say, well, do you know Patterson? Do you know Kazinkas? Do you know this woman? Do you know the woman or founder? And I said, I know nothing, but I've got friends up there. In a couple of days, I'll know a lot more. When have you been up there most recently? Well, I go up there uh, deer season, yep. and I uh, keep it heated all winter long. I have, uh, I don't have maintenance, but I got people to check on it. Yep. And uh, it's a summer home. You know, years ago we used to call them cabins. Right. Well, there's no cabins anymore. Nobody goes to a cabin. I mean, a cabin has uh, got to have you know indoor plumbing and you know all the amenities we leave from the cities to go up there. We need the amenities up there, so there are very few cabins anymore. They're all summer homes, and uh, we get there. I'll be going up there. I'm going to Nebraska to waterfall hunting next week, but I'll be going up there in another 10 days or so, and I'll, I'll be there. I go back and forth. The kids go up, and they cross-country ski and snowmobile. You know, whatever you do at a, at a summer, at a summer, at a year-round home. Mm-hmm. I, I like that you, the fact that you said what you've learned in your short lifetime. We'd all love your short lifetime. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> and your health is still good, bud. Well, it, it, you know, my my internal organs are fine, but my uh, I, I, my skeleton is worn out. Are your knees starting to go? Well, I've got both artificial. They yeah. don't go if they yeah. go. They go. It's all metal now. But the other parts are good. It's just that uh, uh, I went to I went to the doctor. I don't can't let two or three four years ago, and I I said I need a new skeleton. Yeah. Well, he said I can't do anything about the skeleton. I said, well, I'll settle for a new head. Well, we can't give you a new head. No, there's nothing wrong with your head. We can replace every other part of your body, but we can't replace your skeleton or your head. But when you heard this news yesterday, we all were aware of Jamie Kloss. It was quite a story, as you said, a story that's taken on a life of its own. And you heard Gordon, Wisconsin. What immediately occurred to you? Well, you know, Gordon is kind of a, a, it's, it's remote. Uh, in, in a sense that it's, uh, you know, it's lake country, vacation land, but people live there. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not a, it's a, I think somebody told me here a couple of years ago that it's one of the leading, um, what I want to say, uh, welfare counties in the state. Really? Well, there's not a lot of employment there. Yeah. I mean, if you work for the state or the county or the town or you're a teacher or you've got some, you know, government job you can live there but there's not a lot of other things to do it's uh, and if you don't pick blueberries and cut pulpwood uh, you know there's not a lot to do other than live there a lot of older people you know 
will live in that kind of an environment. But I know that even now, most like if we if you if you want, I've got friends that if you want somebody to come and cut your lawn or or do chores, you can't find anybody anymore mm-hmm. because young people. You talk to them and they say, "Well, summer is for vacation. Mm-hmm. It's not to work." Years ago, we used to work in the summer. Well, they don't. Kids don't work anymore. They get entitlements of some kind, and they I've talked to number, not number, but a few of them, and they say, "Well, summer I'm on vacation. I got to go visit here. I got to go there." So it's a, it's a it's a community that's kind of not depressed, but in this time of year, there's not much going on. So, in other words, it would be a great place to remain undiscovered. It, 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 you can understand why they haven't this wasn't discovered earlier because there's not a lot of traffic at this time of year mm-hmm. after after Labor Day it kind of shuts or after deer season I should say it kind of shuts down over the winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm sorry about Johnny Michaels. Well, it's it's a sad time. It's 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 it's, it's, it's the the bane of growing old. You know, because as you grow older, all your friends keep you know, passing away, and I've done enough eulogies and sent enough, you know, flowers, and I, I want, I can't wait for me to, myself, to die and see how many flowers I'm going to get back. <laughs> nobody left. No, Johnny was, when I covered you, he was your line coach, right? John Michaels was my line coach, but he was, he was in Winnipeg for 10 years, and then he was down here for my 18 years, plus he coached with Bernsey for a while. So he had a long life and, a, and probably the dearest friend as I've ever had. Yep. And uh, you know he had Alzheimer's and the last you know that last few years of that is tragic. Right. Well, Bud, uh, good to talk to you and thank you for joining us. Uh, I can understand now more than uh, before why that would have been one hell of a place to lay low up there at this time of year. <laughs> it is, and uh, we're, we're all we're all kind of interested in about all the circumstances surrounding this, which is going to come out in the next few days because there's lots of unanswered questions that we're all interested in. Thank you, sir. Hey, Bud, before you go, it's Rookie here. I got a quick question for you. Yeah. My son just turned 14. I bought him a Remington 870 Express 28 barrel to shoot trap. Is that a good choice? Yes. I'm not a guy. I've never broken a clay pigeon in my life. I've I've always shot blackbirds and crows and, <laughs> and berries. You know, moving moving feathers and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not an expert on gun. I'm a hunter, not a shooter. All right. All right. Well, you're too old. Then forget it. I'm not going to ask you. <laughs> okay. Thanks, bud. You bet. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All, All right. Thank you. All right. Boy, does he still know where the St. Croix River starts? Mm-hmm. How far over it goes? He knows everything about Wisconsin. I had no idea he has owned property there since the '40s. I bet he got it for a steal. You've got to ask him about the garage sale. I didn't want. I purposely did not. Oh, ask him about but a guy sale. like him, he knows every nook and cranny of that area. If you think I'm giving Bud Grant <laughs> one more free minute right. of publicity for a garage right. sale, right. you're out of your mind. Yeah, yeah you're probably right. right. But it is neat. It's funny that he says that he th- owes us money. Right. The way right. I look at we it. We want to know when we're going to get our flowers where's back. My t- from- where's my check? From the Bud Grant garage sales. With all the free plugs that we've got, we've basically paid for all those flowers yeah. that he sent to all He's of his buddies. He's damn near a sponsor. You know, I'll tell you a story about him. I can tell you many. Uh, despite his seemingly cold distance from much of the press, yes, uh, I not only got along with him, 
but he told me stuff that he, he would tell me, I'm going to tell you this, but you can't, you can't write it. Okay. <laughs> but it helped flesh out what I was doing. Right. He loathed the idea of them going into the Metrodome. Hated. Oh, I bet he did. Hated it. Absolutely. He went in so reluctantly, he went in kicking and screaming. He hated it. But the brotherhood Wanted was... no idea. He had no interest whatsoever in it, going into that place. Is that what led him to initially retire? Oh, that, I suppose, advancing years. But he came Wanted back. It. Yeah. Yeah, well, he came back because... Uh, they made him. <laughs> I think they offered him whatever he wanted because they were such a they mess. were such a mess that they had to have him straighten them out. But he uh, does he still have a window? That's what we forgot to ask. Uh, him. But he and then one time I was having a little trouble in Green Bay. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> want to get into it? Do you? Oh, it's a, a terrible anxiety attack. Okay, I've, I've overcome them in my life. Yeah. But but true story. I was really having a bad one, and I didn't say anything to anybody, but. Bud took a look at me after a game at Green Bay, and he said, go into the trainer's room right now. And he didn't know a thing. He just looked at me and said, get in the trainer's room right now. And I did, and I laid down, and they checked me and said, yeah, you probably live. Yeah. yeah. You've got a lot of anxiety. <laughs> but, I mean, but, but Bud was— He knew. He was just a decent human being to me. I think he has been to many people. He just doesn't let on. He's just a decent guy. Yeah. Just a decent guy. Uh, his relationship with Sid over the years, I didn't know anything about the early years. Well, that started when uh, Bud played for the U of M. Yeah, but how close they were and how Very close. Sid yeah. helped him out a little bit. And, mm -hmm. and Bud seems like he is extremely loyal. Yeah, that of all the friendships Sid has boasted about, that that's a true one. That, 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 bond, between, that bond between Bud and Sid is real. That's not uh, one of... You know, that's not Sid saying he's a close personal friend of Pope Francis, you know. Right. Yeah. And I wonder if they each get up each and every day and go, Bud's still around? Sid's still here? Kind of like I, Jefferson. I think, and, I think Sid's got to be, what, a year or two or three older than Bud? What's Bud now? He's got to be in his 90s. I think 96? Oh, I don't think he's 96 yet. Oh. But uh, uh, getting back to Gordon, Wisconsin. 91. 90, is he only 91? Uh, he'll be 92 in May. Oh, hell, Bud's going to be around for 10 years. Doing those garage sales. Uh, getting back to Gordon, Wisconsin, uh, I, I certainly can see the uh, I can see the uh, reason why you could have gone completely unnoticed there for a long time. There's not much going on, as Bud said. You're yeah, up yeah. there to hunt, fish, or pick blueberries, and at this time of year, none of that's going on. So this oh. this bad guy, this Jake Patterson, uh, he was able to successfully. Uh, keep Jamie Kloss from public view. I, I'm I'm thinking that the young lady did not have an enjoyable three months. No, I don't think so either. No, a eighty-eight a days. Eighty-eight days. Again, as the, as the human mind, you want to fast forward to get the answers right now. But you're right. We gotta we gotta flesh this all out and see what. You, you know what today is. What? I just looked this up because I you it's Friday you, the thirteenth. No, no, no. Oh, it's only the 11th. Uh, or it would have been yesterday, I guess. The anniversary of the playoff game where Bud walked out there in the frigid cold in his polo shirt. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. oh my yeah. God, yeah. was that awesome. Oh, at uh, TCF Bank? Yes. I'm telling you. He's standing next to the commissioner of football and says, 
Hold my coat. Yeah. I gotta go take the coin toss. Right. God, is that fantastic? Well, that's that's symptomatic of him hating that metro. Right. Hey, we're here to play football. Let's I go. He said, "I don't want to go in there." Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't want to play in that place. Was he using uh, colorful language? No, he wasn't a profane guy. Okay. Not a profane guy at all. No. <laughs> he just he just shook his head and said, "Are you kidding me?" Well, is it? Be- it's because, and I, I, you know, I wasn't around, but they had such an advantage that's, playing at Met Stadium. That was my song back in the day. Look what they gave up. They, in many respects, along with Green Bay, it was never Dallas in my estimation. In my estimation. In many respects, they were just as much America's team as any team in the National Football League. You, the, the, the joy people got in Miami and Phoenix and San Diego, tuning into a game in Minnesota in the dead of January. They were a national phenomenon. How can they do this? Look at they've got flames on the side of the sidelines. They have torches. There's snow piled up in the end zone. How can they play there? And they're playing the Rams who flew in from LA. Yeah, and then and, and Richard Royce would send Roman Gabriel pictures of snow plows and <laughs> snow drifts and stuff. <laughs> and then we gave it all up and we gave that to the Packers. And, oh, we just, transferred they, that they, over. They just they just for it just surrendered it. The Packers always had it too. Sure, sure. But but they just surrendered it. it, it January tenth, twenty sixteen. So yesterday was the anniversary. And you got to remember, the Vikings had some great great years there when the Packers were were uh, struggling. Oh sure. So that that made it all the more interesting that that the Vikings had this great cold weather reputation because they were succeeding. They were they were you know they went to four Super Bowls. They lost four, but they went to four. Game time temperature that day, six below, 21 below wind chill. Was this the game against Seattle? Yes, where Blair Walsh missed the kick at this the end. This was the, uh, at the uh, TCF. TCF, yeah. Bud says, hold my coat. All right, we're going to uh, be back shortly with Beth McDonough. This guy wears many hats. Just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Do we have Beth? She's just checking in with Reavers right now. Beth McDonough of Five Eyewitness News. She's had a whirlwind of uh, information. Beth McDonough of Five Eyewitness News. You've been on this Jamie Claus story since day one, haven't you, young lady? I have, and it has been an emotional journey for all of us. Me covering it and everyone listening to it. And most importantly, for the two families, the Nybergs and the Klosses. Can you uh, help us clear up something? Among the oddities yesterday was about an hour, maybe a little more than an hour before the actual discovery of Jamie Claus. What was this false rumor on Facebook? Can you clarify? Do you know anything about that? I do know about it because that's kind of what got me involved as well. So there was a report on a website called Back in the Blue Line that someone had posted um, that Jamie Claus had been found. So back in the blue line is generally run by like spouses of law enforcement, various kinds of departments. All right. Uh, so of course, you know, that just spread like wildfire as truth. Uh, so everyone starts to make phone calls on it. And, uh, so that's the station called me. Um, I was off yesterday and said, you know, we're hearing that Jamie Claus has been found. Can you make some phone calls? So I spoke with uh, Jamie's family, and then I spoke with the sheriff, Chris Fitzgerald, and he said, 100%, it's absolutely not true. It's not related to Jamie Claus. 
And he doesn't know how it got started, but it was just a rumor on the Internet, he said. But how ironic that an hour later she was found. It's the coincidences here are just really incredible because then in the process of trying to confirm that situation, uh, someone, one of my contacts that I talked with uh, called back at a later time and said, um, there is some activity. Keep calling. Mm hmm. And, you know, of course, I'm a reporter, and when you tell me that, uh, you just don't let go of that. And, of course, everything in the world is at stake, most importantly, Jamie Kloss's life. Mm -hmm. So I kept making phone calls and, you know, peeling back the layers of the onion. And sure enough, you know, uh, an hour or so the opposite direction, there was a situation, and it turned out to be true. Beth, what are the top five questions you want answered? I want to know why. Mm -hmm. Why did he, we know the suspect now is Jake Patterson, 21 years old. Why did he murder Jamie's parents? Because we know that each one of them died from a point-blank gunshot. All right. Um, why take Jamie? Right. Who made the 911 what? call? Who made the 911 call? What is the obsession with Jamie? The sheriff said today he believes Jamie was the target. So what's the obsession with Jamie? How do you know her if you know her? Right. Neither family knows him. The sheriff said he has no evidence to believe that the family has ever had contact with him before. You know, who knows if there was a hidden social media website or something. Um, we don't know that yet. Um, why keep Jamie for this long and keep her so close to home. Mm -hmm. it, I you think know, it's we, a, I think it's a mystery about which as at this moment, we know nothing yet. Agreed. I mean, the why, why this happened and what was going on in his mind. Uh, you know, we ran his criminal record as well. He has no, no. criminal record. No criminal record. So right now, what we're left to believe, and we'll learn more at 4 o'clock, and we'll learn more in the coming days, but as we talk right now, you've got a guy who apparently, what, is driving around in the wee hours of October 15 and says, I think I'm going to go into that house there and see what happens. I, I, I just, I'm so puzzled right now, I can't, uh, I can't put any facts together. Because there aren't any you know, yet. There just aren't any yet, and I think that is such a puzzling question for all of us, because... Who in your right mind is going to go to a stranger's home in Wisconsin or Minnesota? You know, we love our guns here. Who's to say the homeowner on the other side of that door doesn't have a gun close by? That's right. If you go there in the middle of the night, take your chances. Uh, you shoot the father immediately as he answers the door. You go and shoot the mother. You grab the daughter. How do you know there's a daughter there? You know? Uh, so there had to be some pre-planning to this. Uh, to insinuate that Jamie was targeted because, you know, that was the prize to him. Mm -hmm. uh, you've gotten to know Chris Fitzgerald pretty well, haven't you? I have. Yeah. So have we, by the way. He's, uh, he's been very, uh, he's been very, uh, uh, he's been very agreeable to come on with us and chat. And we even had him for a bit today, but he's a pretty relieved fellow right now. Oh my gosh. At the press conference, he was almost shivering. Mm-hmm. With emotion. Mm -hmm. um, it, like, you could just, this is a man who, he's a father himself. He has a, a teenage daughter. 
we yep. can, you know, we can all only imagine what we would do if that happened to our loved one. Um, and he, I have to say, I have been, and I hope impressed is the right word, you know, because when we first came over to Barron County, when all of this happened, no one knows what the facts are in the first few hours. So you have to look at everything, right? Right. And he was professional, spot on, straightforward media. This is how it's going to be handled. You know, you and I are partners in this, but you can't be included in everything. And that's for investigative reasons. Trust me on this, you know. And so we need to have the town hall meeting and talk one-on-one with the residents so they could get their questions asked. And in three months, I never got a no from him. And, you know, the all of us, we call it rather odd hours sometimes, depending on the information that we gather. And he took our phone calls, our text messages and emails. And, you know, if someone was starting to go down a rabbit hole, he would let you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, and when there was something to report, he would also give us a heads up because uh, I don't know about you, but this by far is the most um, a common question I've been asked was about the Jamie Kloss case. What is the most common question you've been asked? Well, just people on the street, oh. you know, Beth, what's the latest? Right. How is she? Right. What's going on? And in fact, yesterday when I was making a number of phone calls and I'd come from my home and stopped at my local coffee shop and I was getting coffee because I thought, I'm going to need to fuel up for this night. And uh, the barista there said, you look terrible. I've never seen you like this before. And I looked up and I said, well, I think Jamie Kloss has been found. Mm -hmm. And they were like, you're kidding. Mm -hmm. They ask me about that every day. Mm -hmm. Is it the strangest story you've ever covered? (laughs) It ranks right up there. It really has to, doesn't it? Yes, it ranks right up there. It's very puzzling. There have been a couple of other really strange ones over my, you know, 20 years. But uh, this ranks right up there in the world of puzzling. And, you know, when you try to figure out why do people do what they do, why would someone do this to this family? And by all accounts, they are a small-town Wisconsin family. They did not travel much outside of this area. They liked kind of a simple life. They liked their jobs. They like their football and their families. I'm amazed at how close these two families are. And they get along famously. Are you there? You kind of go, who would be that mad at that family to do this? Are you there now? Are you in Barron? I'm in Ladysmith right now. I just got done talking to um, Mike Kloss, Mm -hmm. who is Jim Kloss's brother, Mm -hmm. which would make him, of course, Jamie's uncle. Uh, The family has gathered here because they are... Um, you know, I don't know if rejoicing is the right way. He did say he was very relieved uh, you, to hear that Jamie is alive. Are you going to get a chance to talk to Jamie, do you think? I am certainly going to try. Mm-hmm. I do know that uh, her aunt um, is with Jamie right now, that Jamie's completed her medical um, checkup, and she's been talking with some um, psychologists and then, of course, with investigators to give her version of events of what happened. Now, I do know that she is with relatives, and it's going to be a process. You know, they don't want to overwhelm her, mm-hmm. but they also want her to know that, uh, you know, everybody has their arms around her. Right. It's a rookie here, Beth. I just wanted to compliment you on yesterday when you 
when you ran up the uh, newsroom ramp and sat in that chair without a stitch of makeup on <laughs> and from the heart read, and not even read, just told your story and uh, just watching it as with my, I was with my wife, getting choked up, knowing that it was just, you had worked on it hard. You sat in that chair, you were out of breath, but it was real and it was really neat to see that uh, piece of journalism. Oh my gosh. Thank you. But uh, you, you know, and then to see you with makeup on at 10 o'clock was much better. Okay. I just tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so funny. So thank you. And you know, when we got confirmation and I was in the boss's office and, uh, and she said, go get on set now. And I stopped and I go, I don't have any makeup on. She said, put on glasses. Yeah. Go. <laughs> and I thought, well, perhaps everyone will forgive me. Beth, thank you. you. Know, do it first. Ask, ask for forgiveness afterwards. Right. You're forgiven. Thank you very much. You got it, guys. Thank right. you. Thank you. I didn't want that to uh, become a makeup. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, she was out there in that whole. I know, was trying to keep it away from the, the whole TV thing. You know. Well, I will say this. As long as you want to get the whole TV industry BS involved. Yeah. I think she uh, created a situation where Channel 5 owned that story. 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Her delivering, you know, some news and, and I can't wait till 4 o'clock what we're going to learn. I hope it's a lot. We'll know more. I can't wait till 4 o'clock. Yep.